Miamians and listeners from around the world, welcome to another episode of Miami Global Net. Everybody knows that Miami is exploding right now with the whole tech industry and everybody looking at Miami as the next tech hub. Today's guest, we have Jason Detbarn, founder and CEO of Adigi Technologies, a Miami tech company. Adigy provides cloud-based IT management of Mac computers. They have developed innovative tools for companies to manage their Macs. Jason shares with us how Adigy started. We touch on services they provide, who should be using them, Miami's availability of skilled workers, living in Miami, and more. Get to know Jason and the story behind Adigy. Make sure to support the podcast by subscribing and signing up to our newsletter. Thank you. Welcome to Miami Global Net Podcast, where we showcase the people and organizations that support Miami's international landscape, learn from local business owners, startups, diplomats, and community leaders, get to know the tools and services that are out there that help you invest and grow in South Florida. Miami is a true global city where one can live and do business with a global reach. Jason, welcome on the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Alejandro. I appreciate you having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. I think we're uh, seeing the, the curve of COVID uh, diminishing depending on when this, this airs, but I think we can all see the light at the end of the tunnel. So everybody's really excited. I agree. Vaccines are rolling out. We were doing 60 and, 60 and up, and now, now the governor and other institutions are, are lowering that. So we'll, we'll get that vaccine rolling out. Tr- trying to get closer to normalcy. Yes, I agree. New normal, a new normal. The new normal. So before we dive into your company, Adigi, let's get to know you a little bit. Where are you from? From Miami, born at Mercy Hospital, right here in Miami. Uh, Grew up um, through grade school and high school. Went to uh, Westminster where I I, um, went to school with A-Rod and uh, went from there to FIU. Um, did postgrad work at MIT and uh, got my first job out of school at Motorola. And so it shows my age, but I tell you know a lot of my engineers that I worked in the first, I was the lead engineer on the first GPS enabled phone uh, in the market, uh, which is which is hard to think back that far these days, job enabled phone. So my, my, my background was uh, embedded engineering, embedded software at Motorola and then a, a company called Raymarine, which is a spinoff of Raytheon. Um, and during that time, I really had a, a big passion for business. I had a initial backup company with my two best friends. And as, after we built a lot of the technology, said, okay, well, um, who's going to sell this stuff? And, and we, we realized we had a problem. We had a great product and a company, but we weren't able to sell it. So it was then where I realized that- What was the product again? It was a data backup. So desktop backup like a Dropbox essentially at an early stage there. And if, uh, if the leaders and the founders of the company weren't able to sell the vision and sell the product itself, you know, where, where are we going to go? So I, I decided I either had a, a choice to get an MBA or go out in the field and get my own MBA um, in sales. So I, I uh, transitioned to join CA computer associates. It's a big uh, $5 billion enterprise software company in New York. And so jumped into the deep end of the pool. All my family thought I was going to completely fail because here's an engineer that's been in the cubicle who's going to go out there and be a salesperson, a sales guy. And, uh, but I, I did well. I, I moved out to San Francisco for them. 
and then joined another company called Kaseya, which has a really large presence here in Miami. Um, and uh, joined Kaseya when they were smaller than Adagy is today, which we'll get to. And that's where I learned my business. That's where I, the, I got my MBA in the field and made some good money along the way. And, and that, that from there was my jumping off point. Um, so that's a little bit of the background. What happened to the company as you transitioned from starting the company to sales? The one you started with your friends? Oh, we, we, we decided to just uh, spin it down. It wasn't, uh, we couldn't get it off the ground without selling. You know, you realize that you can build the best product in the market in the world. And a lot of times I think we all get enamored by the thought that it's just going to sell itself. But the, you know, the true founder of the company has to always be creating the vision, selling that vision, not just to customers, but employees and investors. And you have to be able to guide people through that vision and that execution. Um, so it, it, it just, it was very clear that that was a, a, a very important aspect to being successful as a software company, as a software founder. I agree completely. When I had uh, when I had my small magazine, I would tell people like you could have the best idea in the world, but if you don't market it, nobody's gonna know, right? That's What's right. good? What what good is it gonna serve you to have the solution to the world's problems in a box somewhere if you don't tell people? That's right, and and, it, and it's it's laying that out, and as as you know, as the companies get bigger, and you're you're look you you got to start looking beyond next week and next month, and now I'm, you know, we're we're. We're spending a lot. I'm spending a lot of my time selling and setting up the vision for the coming six month, year, five years down the line, and being able to look that far out. When you start a company from the early days, um, so I, I bootstrapped Adagy from the from day one. I quit my job, had a second child in the way, and said, "Look, I've been in IT software now for a decade in sales, and that that business school is over with." But this is hard stuff very complicated for a prospect to decide, Hey, I'm going to take this on. So being able to make it simple cloud first and doing it for Apple technology. So in this space, I was always delivering software for PCs. And I noticed this huge need, these redheaded stepchild of employees and, and machines that were Apple that weren't being managed. And we just, somebody had to go out there and start delivering on that. And those early days, it was people saying to me, uh, how many Apple devices are there really in business? Like nobody even thought that this was a legitimate market space. Um, but I really believe that there was a growing demand and need for it. Um, so yeah, the second child in the way quit my job and, and just bootstrapped the business, not because I had any area of uh, independent wealth whatsoever. I just felt like I had the time and the lean capability to just keep executing day after day, building software and selling it and, and building and bootstrapping the business. So, so when you told me how, how you started with the second child on the way, it reminds me of the entrepreneur magazine that I used to read all these, all these stories of how people quit their jobs and start their business. So you, you did this when you came back from New York to Miami and that's when you started Adigy. So the, the company was based in New York. I lived in San Francisco, um, ah. but yeah, I came back to Miami and worked for Kaseya for a few more years. Um, ran sales operations worldwide with them. And then, and at that point it was like, you know, this, this is a cushy job. I can make some good money uh, long-term, but it's, it's now or never, in my opinion. I, I really, when the second child was on the way, it was, it was that um, innate father instinct to me of looking at my children and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, you can do whatever you want in life, but I got to show you. 
and my, my children still remember, you know, all my employees um, from day one and starting in my house to a little strip mall office that we paid $300 a month for <laughs> to, to where we're at today with a few offices around the U S and uh, you know, they're recording it now, but they'll later on realize, okay, we can do whatever we want in life. Um, you know, that's been shown to us. Uh, hopefully I give them the tools to help do that. But that was, that was a, a little, that was the stick that broke the camel's back. You talk and talk and talk about it, but at some point you've got two children and, you know, I've got to show them what do I got to lose. So. Fair. So Adigy, it's, it's revolves around providing services to Apple related devices, right? You, like you mentioned, like a lot of people don't know how many there are on the service. You believed in it and you now service that industry. Correct. So today, you know, we have a few different sectors that use us, but let's just give you an example of, of who uses us. Um, on the nonprofit education side, we have the Energy Foundation, the Salvation Army, um, uh, a lot of the, the global church, a lot of the large churches around the U.S. use us, Harvard, University of Maryland. So they have a lot of Apple devices, <clears throat> and they've just got no ability to manage them at an organization level, uh, making sure people can log in with their, with their credentials, uh, it's meeting compliance. They're getting the productivity out of that, those expensive aluminum uh, max and that they're being able to have the security that a company requires an organization requires. So that's, <clears throat> that's one sector of it. We have large enterprises that use us, you know, some of them I can name others. I can't, but you know, here locally, Perry Ellis, McClatchy, they, they've got Apple devices they're managing and then a lot of tech companies. So if, think about a tech organization. When you walk in the door, you usually see Macs in their organizations. It's usually a little surprising to see PCs. So, um, uh, Bamboo HR, Color.com, the list goes on and on and on, on on the tech side. And then lastly, IT companies that use us to manage a lot of different types of companies that uh, that, that really want to, to use Apple devices. Very similar to like, let's say where I work, I have a regular PC and I sign in to the internal system or else I can't access my files or I cannot share stuff with the team. That's where the email is as well and all that kind of stuff. Same thing. Exactly. Very similar, very similar. And our technology allows for Primate or anybody else to ship you a, um, a new Mac, drop ship to your house. When you pull it out of the box, brand new out of the shrink wrap, it'll automatically get provisioned by Adagy with, without anybody touching it with all the software configurations you're needing for your job. And then from then on being able to fully manage. How can a company get to the point where they would need a service like yours? Yeah. I mean, usually their companies at hundred employees or more if they're all Mac and, and that's when they have an IT person in house. And usually the IT department is the one that's, that's really leveraging us and looking to scale it. So the average enterprise out there maintains an average of 23% Mac devices in their environment. That doesn't seem like a lot, but when there's no other organizations providing those services, well, there's a lot of opportunity within that sector. So even yeah. us in our office, we are regular PCs, but there's always a Mac rolling around because whatever reason, you know, this, they're, they're much better for creative uses as well. Yeah. And, and what I like to say, what I like to say is every C-suite um, is full of Apple devices and has a lot of intellectual property on them. And they just need the, the same level of security <clears throat> that an organization expects um, as they do with their PCs. So yeah, we're, we're really bullish about it. And you know, I, our Miami roots are, are key to it because we've been able to procure a lot of um, 
talent from FIU, um, a large internship program. Our, my first engineer was uh, a graduate computer science from FIU that I, I worked very closely with, uh, with the graduating seniors there. Second hire, um, one of the, she, she graduated top of her class, Aime, and both came from Cuba. Um, obviously a very international team, but we, we, we really have that Miami culture. It's cabecitos and coladas twice a day, although we don't see that many in the office these days. It's an amazing, amazing team. We're really lucky down here. I'm glad that you mentioned that you reach out to FIU and you recruit from FIU because one of the things we've seen is that maybe we're still not there yet out here in South Florida when it comes to top level tech skill sets. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, there's okay. definitely, there's definitely great senior talent out there where, you know, if you have the funding where you're going to, uh, there's a good book called Blitzscaling. If you're going to be able to take on, you know, tens or hundreds of millions of dollars and you need to scale up really fast with the top architects in the industry, software architects and senior software engineers, this is definitely a challenging area. But if you're building a a very efficient, fast growing company and you can invest the time into um, uh, developing some of the talent out here, it's, it doesn't get any better. Um, Hardworking, great foundational capabilities and skills and, and, and a lot of solid experience. So, we, we have those twofold. We have to build our senior team so that we can mentor a lot of the um, new graduates and, and uh, students that, that come to work with us. One thing that's really important for me is, well, a lot of students come out of school where they really want to start writing code immediately. And, and I had a little bit of that privilege though too. It's very important that customer success and support is the center of what we do and that people can get exposed to different areas of the organization and they know our customers well. So when they start writing code or whatever else they're doing, well, we have good guidance. You tend to know the market really well. You've heard the, the good, maybe some of the challenges that they're having and you just, you, you're a lot more um, invested in success. Uh, so I always make sure no matter how great a comp sci student we're tackling that they work with us in success. They understand our customers. They're willing to dig into that level before they, they move into engineering roles. And so my first interns out of FIU um, hold key roles in product management, in marketing, uh, senior engineer roles. I mean, it's, it's just been a great process. But what I always tell people is you just can't show up on career day and expect that everything's gonna just happen. You have to invest the time into the programs and the people to expect to to develop that talent over time. It just, you know, and, and that's the good part. So if you can invest in the community, if you can invest in working with um, the schools and, and digging, there's no like hotline to call and just show up. You have to really do that entrepreneurial work. Um, the talent is absolutely there. Yeah. I'm, I'm very glad that uh, you think otherwise because being in this space, sometimes you hear, these things here and there, and it's been it's been a constant. But to hear the opposite, it's it's refreshing. It's refreshing to know that the schools are pumping out what you need. Well, I mean, you look at any area of our organization. We've got the best salespeople in the industry, um, top around what we do. My job now is probably 20, 30 percent recruitment, and 
the, the best talent out there, a lot of times there, you have to go seek out those people um, that might already have a job and, and are really important hires. So you just can't wait for them to come to you. You know, just like anything else in the selling market, you've got to go out there and, and find those customers, find those recruited talents that you want. You got to have that, that proactive role in building the company. Um, so it's in all aspects of what we do. Can't wait for it to happen. But the, but the team that we bring on board is just highly committed. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't do it without these, the team that we've got today. And they're the ones who actually inspire me every day now. So, you know, you think about entrepreneurs in the earlier days, it was, I just want to be able to cover my own salary, right? Oh, I don't want this to fail. I, I, it's, it's the really scrappy initial things. And then as you're bringing in this great talent and you've built a good culture, now when I get up in the morning, I'm dying to get into work because my team inspire me and they're stepping up and, and bringing it to the organization. It's, it's, it's about them. It's about what, what they're helping to build and provide now too. So just layers as the, as everything evolves over time, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. It's through the life of an entrepreneur. It's, it's yeah. great. I mean, there's even times that you would rather take a cut yourself so that you can, the, the company can push forward until you get to the point where. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I didn't take a paycheck for two and a half years, which was very hard. You know, like there's, there's no BS about it. I had, I had a broken kitchen sink that was leaking with a little bowl underneath it. And I'm like, um, this is kind of working out. Okay. We don't need to spend $300 on a new kitchen sink here. My wife's getting mad at me that I'm not changing the sink out. I'm like, it costs money. <laughs> But, you know, you overcome that and, and uh, just take it day by day. It's the persistence and the time. Uh, you know, a lot of people down here want to make sure they have an investor that pays their, their lifestyle and their, and their bills, but you got to take control of that. Now, part of that journey, is, as you get to where you are now, from what I recall from my experience as well, have you ever had a time where you're like, man, this is not going to work? Because it, 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 you have the ups and downs when you're, when you're getting oh. up there. Yeah. It happens all the time. It, it does happen all the time. You, you choose a tech sector, you know, you'll have a big deal that you were going to close that went sideways on you, maybe two of them in a row. Um, you, you have market shifts that will happen. I got almost a little bit arrogant in our positioning growth in the market and not realizing that some things were shifting um, that we weren't being you know, we, we were attentive to, but they were, they were shifting our own, market segment. Anyway, the point is, is that um, you have those and you, you probably have to have more mental fortitude than anything else. You just got to decide we're going to keep plugging away. We're going to keep driving this forward and, um, and know that you can do that. that. That's the confidence. I think my, I've always had my team definitely has is that I can out execute people given time. I mean, not beat everybody, but I will consistently every day, keep pushing forward and um and stay focused and if we keep doing that we'll usually beat 99 percent of people out there period no matter how much money they've got in their pockets too by the way because this is the other part about it too is you can be extraordinarily well funded especially in san francisco but they're not gonna have their heart into it they're just getting paid and and that's what and the moment that they think it's not the hottest startup in the world or they can make five dollars more per year they're gonna jump and go somewhere else so the to build that foundation that is solid that you can build on, 
uh, month after month, year after year. That's that's what makes Miami such a a great tech hub. But you gotta you gotta be. I always say patiently persistent. I know that sounds ridiculous, but you just gotta be patient. But mainly, just persist and stay focused. And if you do that every day, it's amazing how fast things snowball. I mean, I agree. I mean, it makes sense to me. I mean, patience and consistency is it's what makes things grow. That's things right. don't, don't just appear, right? No. It never ever happens as fast as we like it, ever, ever, ever. But you know, you do it the right way. You also don't want to just, you know, build something that's just going to last a few months and and crumble because it's just been done too aggressively. Um, so always making sure people are not desperate uh, for that next corner, next thing. You just you gotta, you know. I didn't. I I got myself to a point with myself and my household where. We had most of our bills covered, um, except for like our mortgage and stuff and day to day. And so, and I could maintain a pretty lean lifestyle for a while. And that's what helped us push forward and set that example and, and, and not know like, okay, we're going to implode in six months if this next round doesn't come together or something. It's like, well, we can keep going if we need to. It just hurts a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Believe it. So what does what does the company mean for Miami? I think we're a small part of a great growth trajectory of Miami. I, you know, I think people are looking for things to just blow up in Miami, but it tends, in my view, to take a few generations almost um, of talent. If you look at the the quote unquote PayPal mafia, Elon Musk, Peter Thiel, Reid Hoffman, the list goes on and on. Those guys left. Uh, PayPal with a little bit of money, <laughs> some experience, Just a little bit, and built yeah, a little bit, and but built some great. I mean, they didn't even back most of their own stuff. They were able to attract a lot of great investment talent with some great technologies and great companies out of that. And I think this is this is we're going to be a small part of that. The talent pool at at Adigy and so many other great tech companies out there today are going to feed into that second generation, the third generation that stay down here and, and continue to build great businesses. So um, patiently persistent <laughs> on the, on the growth trajectory in, in this, in this market, but like Miami is already on its, its rocket trajectory. It just may take another five to 10 years to see that stuff really blow up. Yeah. We, and we certainly see that. We, we want companies to to come, especially now that we're getting all that hype and Miami's now the center, the center of technology apparently now. Uh, we do want companies to come and not only did you come here quickly and blow up, you know, we, we want them to do what you say, we to come and, and, and settle and, and grow together with us and invest in, in the community and its people. Yeah, yeah. But it's going to take a little time. I mean, you look at yeah. any great baseball program, you got to pipeline of talent from high school through college into the pros and you, know, you just always have to really build that pipeline over time and that's when it really you know takes earnest so hopefully people have a little patience and then two to five years uh, it'll really start showing and blossoming awesome so i know we're running out of time and i have one more question for you what is your favorite part of being in miami having a company in Miami. So we're set up Southwest Miami. So we're close to where people live. I love the fact that we're close to all the different restaurants that we would want to just walk to. 
Um, but I work my butt off uh, every week. And my escape, not really in Miami, is to just go down to Key Largo and you automatically just shut things off. It's nice. it's it's kind of like, yeah. It, and that way I can come back fully recharged because you got to find that, that, that repetition um, and cadence to maintain the high output and consistency week after week after week. Um, otherwise you burn yourself out and that's not good for anybody. So that's, that's my secret in a way is being able to, to let go and recharge over the weekend. And then I literally put in 12 to 15 hours a day, um, every day during the week. So I can shut it all off on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Sounds to me like a true Miamian. Yeah, that's, that's how you do it. Jason, thank you so much for joining us and telling us the story of Adigi. Alejandro, great being on here. Thanks for the time.